Hey, welcome back to the Sales Connector Podcast. Uh, we're thrilled uh, to continue our conversation with three extraordinary women um, sharing perspectives and great thoughts about women in sales and sales leadership. Um, if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to the earlier version of the podcast, please go back and listen to that so you can get all the backgrounds and bios of our, of our three guests. Um, but uh, without further ado, I'm going to let Mary continue the conversation with Natasha and Kelsey um, for this next episode. Thanks, Mary. Okay, great. Well, Natasha and Kelsey, uh, welcome back. It's really great to be um, with you and to follow up on our really, I think, productive conversation that we um, had initially. And today we're going to really focus in on, um, you know, talking about skill sets and networking. And so I'd love first just to have you tell us a little bit about how you have leveraged relationship building and networking um, in your sales career. And uh, Kelsey, why don't we start with you? Yeah. Well, relationships and networking, I believe, are the foundation of everything of, in sales and being a good salesperson. And, you know, I think the first thing that I think of is building trust. You really have to get to know that person. You have to let them get to know you if they're going to be spending a lot of money with you. Um, they're going to want to know that you have their best best interest at heart. So I think building trust in a relationship is probably going to be um, my best point of advice to start. Uh, point two, I would say, is always keep your network close. I think one thing as an early sales rep that I made the mistake of is I would go on a meeting with a client, and if there wasn't an opportunity for them to buy from me within six months, I would kind of write that person off, which is not fair. Uh, I think one thing that I learned is over, you know, six months is really not that long of a, of a window. They may have something, you know, a year or two after that, and it may be a big opportunity for you. So I think always keep people in your network close and don't throw somebody by the wayside or throw a client or even an individual person by the wayside because they don't have anything for you directly. You need to look at the bigger picture of what you're trying to build and keep that network close with everybody that you meet. So, and then stay organized with it. It's a lot to manage. Um, if you're in sales and you're out networking and meeting clients, um, you are, you know, adding people on LinkedIn right away and keeping a close con close contact with them. Um, staying organized with everybody that you meet, I think is really important as well, just because there's going to be so many people coming across your radar. Great. Natasha, would you add to that? Yeah, well, as I had mentioned in the previous podcast, you know, I'm a first generation college student. And so I had no idea what networking was. I probably had a misconception of what networking was. I thought it was schmoozing. It was manipulative to, it was something that just did not feel authentic to me. And so I just didn't do it. Like probably the first five or six years of my career, I did not network well. And until I had a sponsor take me to the side and he's like, Natasha, you need to network when you're going to the corporate office for meetings, you need to seek out the senior leaders in the room. And I didn't do it because I never knew what I could talk about. Like it was a lot of men. They talked about Packer or Viking football all the time. I didn't know much about Packer football or um, Viking football. So I felt like I didn't have anything to add to the conversation. And so I think that's probably what really pulled me back from networking early on. 
And then when I realized they're just humans, we're all can talk, we can all find a common place. We have more things that are in common than differences if you really look. And so when I finally took it and became very intentional about meeting people, but not only networking up, but networking around me also, to where now I have quickly found that networking has been essential to getting to the place that I'm at today, whether it's internally, whether it's externally. So I try now to make sure that I always have a board of directors around me. So that way I can make sure there's somebody that's pushing me if I need that cheerleader to say, yes, you're ready for that next role. Or someone when I'm about ready to jump off the ledge and you need that friend to be able to pull you back on, that's what I've realized networking really is. Yes, it can help you get the next job or the next sale, but it also can really help to develop you. And I think once I flipped the script in my own head, networking became much more powerful for me. But I would say that's one thing that I see happens significantly with a lot of our new hires is they still think networking is all about getting the next job. So I can't tell you how often I get a time put on my calendar with one of our new employees. And the only reason why they want to talk to me is because they think I can help them get the next job. And I think if you come into it from that place, you're missing the point of what networking is, is really truly supposed to be about. And is there advice, um, Kelsey, maybe we'll start with you, that you would share with um, young women as they're still in school and considering you know, their next move from a networking perspective, are there things that they can begin doing right away? Take advantage of every networking opportunity that comes to your plate. I think um, I mentioned this in our last podcast, but putting yourself in the, the uncomfy position of networking Nobody feels comfortable going out and just putting themselves out there. Um, But putting yourself in that situation is going to prepare you for whatever future career you're going to jump into, whether that be sales or something completely different. I just, I would say, take advantage of everything that's coming at you. In college, there are so many different groups and events and things that the college puts on to give you exposure. Take advantage of that because I think college is the time where you get to go out and explore so many different opportunities to see what kind of gets you excited. And at the end of the day, that can be your roadmap to helping you find the perfect job out of school. And the more people that you meet along the way, the larger your network grows and the more exposure that you're getting and the more connections you're going to make to help find that perfect job out of school. So my simple advice is just take advantage of all of the opportunities that that everyone in college have available to them right now. Mary, I'd like to add on to that. I mean, I think, you know, Kelsey did a great job of talking of maybe some of the formal places that you could find it. You can find it in the grocery store. You can find Mm -hmm. it on an airplane. Just push yourself to talk to the person next to you. Like just get comfortable saying hello and starting to get to know those that are around you in everyday places. And you'll be amazed at how building that type of competency up helps you in networking when you're in some of those bigger situations. Yeah, it really helps to develop a level of comfort, doesn't it? In, in, you know, having meaningful discussions and building meaningful relationships. You know, I'm curious, as you think about the pandemic and 
today's new working environment, um, you know, how have you navigated either a virtual or hybrid working situation? I can imagine that that has had an impact on networking and building relationships. And I'd love to hear your perspective on that. And Kelsey, why don't we start with you? Yeah, it's definitely been an adjustment, you know, going from doing everything in person, face-to-face with your clients out of the office, in their office, you know, traveling around the Twin Cities to see them, to now doing everything behind a screen. It has, the last year and a half has really showed us what we're capable of in terms of building relationships in a new way. I think if I were to highlight some of the positives that came out of the pandemic in terms of how to more to virtually network is if you look at, I tell my reps this all the time. If you look at the amount of time we would spend on the road traveling from client to client, and now we can take on probably about two times the amount of meetings on our calendar on a daily basis. The amount of people that we can reach through a screen and more of a virtual environment is almost double than what we would reach if we were doing everything face-to-face. Now, what I will say as a disclaimer, I'm still a huge proponent of face-to-face interaction and getting out with your clients and doing things in person because there's just something about that natural in-person being with people and being to you know kind of play off of each other that you don't necessarily get behind a screen all of the time. But if you're looking at this from a positive lens, what I see is you can double the amount of inter- double or triple the amount of interactions that you're actually taking on now because you just have time for it. You don't have all of this travel and back and forth in between. So maximize your time and and the amount of people that you can can meet with on a weekly basis is kind of my message with my reps. Um, and you can get creative too. You know, the amount of times we've done fun games with our contractors virtually where our contractors are our clients and and we get them all in one big room with 50 people and we'll play virtual games or do, you know, a virtual happy hour or whiskey tasting or cooking class, you know, you can really get creative and the pandemic has really taught us how to do that. But um, yeah, I guess that would kind of be my answer initially in terms of how we've kind of networked this virtual world a little bit um, and staying close with our clients. Natasha, anything to add to that? And and I would just add a follow-up there um, for you both is how do you see the future of you know the sales function when it comes to um, working remotely or in a hybrid or in a you know one-on-one uh, situation? But Natasha, I'd love to have you weigh in here. Yeah, I agree with Kelsey. I mean, you can get so many more calls today. So I think going virtual made the world a much smaller place because you now have access to so many people. But as a food company, when you're trying to sell food, it's all about the food and the experience that you're doing when you do those in-person meetings. So you can imagine that's much harder. You can't get all the senses engaged when you're looking and making a sales call across the computer screen. And so we've had to get really creative of whether we've sent a care package ahead of time, given the customer recipes, so then maybe we're cooking the recipe together we're at least now at their kitchen table. And so you think about how intimate that is of now we're able to bring our food to that person's kitchen table to help them through whatever life happened that day while they're sitting there. And so you think about how incredibly impactful that is and the experiences people have around food. So I think while one thing it's open doors for us to be able to be invited into some places it is still really hard to be able to build that authentic connection because we're busy. We all are going meeting to meeting. As Kelsey said, she now can fit double the amount of meetings 
in her schedule today. And that's exhausting. I mean, it truly is. And so you have to make sure that you don't just jump into business when you get on a virtual call. You need to have a little bit of that talking that you would have had as you were walking to their office. And so that is something I know I've had to be really mindful of, whether it's a sales call or even talking with my own coworkers is to remember they're not just an actor through the computer screen. They're another person there and that you ultimately have to be able to get to know them. I can Mm -hmm. say for your question of like, what does the future look like? I do think a hybrid situation is going to be in front of us. I think, you know, I probably travel to a customer four to six times a year pre-pandemic. I think now it'll probably be 50-50 And that's okay. I think it helps us to be able to continue to connect, but there is true benefit from that face-to-face contact, whether it's with your customer or even with our coworkers. I mean, we say that we're better together. And yes, we all like to work from home in our yoga pants, but there's an energy that comes when you're sitting at the office overhearing what your coworkers are saying. You have what I like to call that osmosis learning that you're just not getting virtually that I do worry about just some of our younger employees learning curves. We don't even know what the skill gaps are today because some of them have never even been in our office before. And so we're having to remember that. So I know that's something I'm pushing with my leaders is you got to be mindful of the situation everyone's been in and don't make assumptions that they know everything that maybe people have known previously. I would absolutely echo everything you just said, Natasha. I think we are on the exact same page where growing and building a sales team I do find the importance of being in the office and collaborating with your peers and learning from your peers and just that natural banter that happens that also is the culture of what you're trying to build in a sales organization is so impactful to your career as an individual. Going completely remote does remove that to a certain degree. My husband actually said it best, and this has stuck with me since he said it. As a sales individual, individual, do you want to look back on your career and think of that happening behind a screen in your basement or in your home office or in your guest bedroom or wherever your temporary desk is set up right now? Or do you want to think about your career making an impact of, on people in the field and meeting with people face-to-face and getting out there and doing experiences with these people and having face-to-face communication? I think when you look at it like that, you know, it's really nice to be at home in your yoga pants every day and still get the job done and probably get it done effectively. But do you want to look back 20 years from now and think of you walking down to your basement every single day and sitting in your home office? I think that that's something, and maybe some people are a little bit more energized by that, but I do think that that's something we need to start, start thinking about, um, as you know, the pandemic does, you know, kind of, it's an up and downhill battle right now. So I think that there's a lot of decisions up in the air that companies are still working through. And I think you really need to think through what's going to be important to you, uh, your team, your organization, and what do you want your career to look like when you look back on it? Yeah, I I would echo your thoughts. I think this um, new working environment has, you know, had its pros and cons, you know, on one hand, I think there is a real Um, human uh, element that has been injected into our work. And we start seeing each other um, as, as you mentioned, Kelsey, right, in guest bedrooms and living rooms and kitchen tables uh, that really reinforces that we are uh, 
people calling on people and people working with people and people solving problems with people. And yet on the other hand, right, there has been a loss in terms of training and develop up, development opportunities or, you know, that one-on-one -on -one connection that really um, comes from sitting across the desk from each other. So I can imagine that it will be some blend uh, of the two uh, going forward, you know, to that end, and we we talked about, you know, training and skill development, you know, I'd love to hear and Natasha, maybe we could start with you, you talked about some of your cross functional roles along the way. Um, in your career, I'd love to hear about skill building and how training and development has played a role in your uh, career as a sales female sales leader. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like Hormel Foods has an amazing training curriculum. I mean, I think we are top notch when it comes to training. And so I think we do our best to be able to serve people with book smarts, like to be able to say, here's how you should be able to do this if it played out this particular way. But I think there's power and learning on the job and learning from your peers. And that's why I was so intentional about having a cross-functional background is you got to work with a lot of different people and a lot of different areas within our company. And so today, because I had a supply chain experience and I got to build a network on the supply chain side, today when we're having supply chain challenges due to the pandemic, I know who to call. I know who to pick up the phone. And I can share empathy with them of what they're going for. And that builds a lot of credibility for you to where if you've never walked a day in their life and you call and ask a question, you probably are going to get a different answer versus if you know what they're going through, you know, they're working as hard as possible. You're probably going to get more transparency from them of what's really going on because you've built that trust with them. And so I think on the job training is great, but I think it needs to be self-guided. And that's one thing that I have seen from some of our newer employees is they're coming from college, they go right into a training program. So they're used to us feeding them all the training. And we're like, okay, today you're going to do this. And they check the box and they do this. It's when they get into that first role and all of a sudden they're responsible for kind of training themselves and really being able to push themselves in different areas. That's where I do see sometimes there's a little bit of a struggle with people flipping that switch of how do you all of a sudden take control of your own training and being really mindful what you specifically are needing to be successful. I would add to that. I think the self-guided learning is really important because you can take that at any pace that you individually need to uh, based on your learning habits. I will say where I would, where I would follow up on that is the, the workshops um, that my company has provided, you know, learn the content on your own, but now let's role play it together so that I can give you direct feedback. I think that's really important. And especially a sales environment where we need to be able to give direct feedback on the content and the way that you're, you know, selling our product or our service and, um, that direct feedback or constructive criticism uh, is really important, I think, in the first year or two. And I would say that is definitely what my boss was able to provide. We always kind of had this flow uh, that really worked for us. We would prep for our meeting 24 hours in advance together. He would go on the ride along with me to my client. He would not say a word. He would say, I am here to be your sales coach. I am not here to help you through this meeting. 
So I was on the meeting by myself going rogue. He'd maybe say two things on top of his introduction. And then afterwards, we'd sit in his car for at least 45 minutes or until we got through everything, debriefing the entire meeting so that he could very transparently tell me, here's what you did awesome in that meeting that you need to keep doing. And here's three points that I think you need to work on. Now let's role play them together. So it was a very interactive coaching style on top of the self-guided learning that I was going through uh, on my own in the first year with Brooksource that really helped me just kind of get in my flow of being a really effective salesperson. So I think that that goes back to my point. I think I made on our first podcast is choose a boss that's going to challenge you and learn how to adapt to your learning style and be able to give you feedback and not, you know, shy around the actual feedback that you deserve. I think that that's really important in your development in the first few years uh, being out of college. Yeah, I think you're both right. I think there are so many um, skill sets and development opportunities that are really relevant for sales. And I think it's one of the big advantages that a sales career offers is this, there are cross-functional opportunities, there are learning opportunities, there are a number of skill sets, whether it be analytics or, um, you know, relationship building that really make for great salespeople. And I think it's the diversity of sales and the opportunity to meet a wide variety of clients and peers and mentors that really makes, there's something unique about that. I think for sales, um, we are not one trick ponies, if you will, right? We are very uh, multidimensional. And I think the best salespeople, just as you two so nicely articulated, come to the table with a wide variety of skill sets and a wide variety of interests. And I think it's why sales is such a great function uh, to pursue. Very well said. And, and with that, uh, I am, um, I'm, I'm blown away by just the content that you all have provided over these number of episodes. I want to thank both Mary Scheid from the shop group, Kelsey Escher from Brooks sources, eight eleven um, group and Natasha Walsh from Hormel foods for carving out part of their, their day to share their, their lived experiences and, 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 and their perspectives with us on the sales connector podcast. Um, as always, if you want to connect with any of our panelists or, or our co-hosts today, uh, Natasha can be reached at nnwalsh at hormel.com. Um, Kelsey can be reached at k-e-s-c-h-e-r at brooksource.com. And Mary Scheid can be reached at mary at the shop group, um, dot com. And uh, again, I want to thank you all for sharing your perspectives with the sales connector podcast. I hope it's not the last time and, and, and you'd be willing to, to stop by later to continue to share your thoughts and perspectives. So thank you. Thank you all. And thank everyone for listening. Uh, make sure to follow and send this along to other students that may be interested in careers in sales or other sales professionals that you know out there that would benefit from the words and wisdoms that were shared today. Thanks everyone.